1: Okej, hjärtligt välkomna till en ny podcast med mig, Magnus Nyström. Det blir väldigt kort på svenska nu, jag är inledningsvis. Um, jag har nämligen ännu en podd på engelska. Jag är nämligen i Linköping och träffar Jeff Tejf. 34 år i amerikan som spelar i Linköping, kom <coughs> tvåa i poängligan. Den här säsongen har gjort det oerhört bra och uh, är i Sverige och i Linköping för att vinna SM-grund. Så från och med nu kör vi på engelska och ni ska verkligen få lära känna en spelare som är jättespännande. Uh, har en lång karriär in NHL klubbar innan also landade i Sverige och Jeff, nice having you here.
0: Appreciate it in my
1: podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, first of all, I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna go head on and yep. ask you, who's the best coach, Wayne Gretzky or Rogan Belin? Because
0: <laughs> you had That's pretty funny, that's pretty funny. Um, I think the story's been out there for a while now that. My wife is actually related to Wayne Gretzky, so his first thing was when I when he was coaching there, he got he traded me, so it was it was interesting. (laughs) Thank you, Wayne. Yeah, thanks a lot. Showed me how important I was. But (laughs) he's a good guy. He's a quiet guy. Um, I I feel like he was in a tough position because he was such a good player and saw the game so easily, and more or less expected guys to play like he did, and it just nobody was capable of that. So it was it was tough. I think. he just loved the game so much he wanted to be involved in it and it, you know it's hard when you had a bad team try to come in there and coach coach you hadn't it wasn't his fault but i think he realized that um you know maybe more of a management type position would be better for him where he doesn't have to be so hands on with the players every day which is which is good and Roger coming over here i was i love the guy i'm an older guy myself and you know he's a he's a respectable person and he he just leaves you alone, and that goes a long ways for me. I think um, we've sat down a few times this year when, you know, I'm struggling in an area or two, or you know, he'll sit down with guys when he sees there's something wrong. But other than that, he lets he lets the guys play and he lets it lets the guys figure it out themselves. He's not a screamer and a yeller. He's a he's actually a very intelligent man. He thinks the game a lot, and he um, it was a great transition coach for me coming over here. I think uh, you look around some of the other teams, and there's some fiery guys behind the bench and. You know, everybody's different, but that goes uh, it goes a long way with my personality and I think with some of the other guys here in, on the team here.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's definitely not a screamer. No. In
0: the <laughs> <team>. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's, you can't say enough about him until you really get to, you know, some of his meetings are funny sometimes, and he goes about things in a different way. But I think, uh, I think that's a good balance, I think, with Magnus and Dan here. Um, you know, they're more uh, hands-on, whether it's video, things like that, kind of, you know, the everyday practice type of stuff. Um, I think uh, I think it's a good fit with the three of those guys.
1: Yeah, but interesting that you said, I mean, first of all, how, how is yep. your wife
0: related to Wade? She's her mom and Janet are sisters, so ah, it's her and Janet is yep. Gretzky's wife. Yep, yep, yep.
1: And, 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 I mean, they always, I mean, one saying that is true is that, uh, I mean, if you've really been a great player, yeah. to become a coach is real difficult because, yes. as you said, yep. you see the game differently. You kind of expect other people to see it as, as, you, as you did. Uh, But in his case, I mean, he's the best ever, so it must have been really tough.
0: That's what I thought, too. I think the older I get, the more I think you can recognize it. I think um, you try to coach on the bench as much as you can, but I don't know. I I don't know what my kids will do when they get older as far as sports and stuff, but I just don't see myself being one of the dads helping out. I think it would be very tough. I'll go help, but i don't think i'll say too much i think i'm better off just kind of standing back and if you know people have questions then that's one thing but you know to try to to try to have to do it at a professional level like that must have been something that i I couldn't even imagine and you could tell how frustrated you know he got throughout the year was he a screamer no not at all he's a quiet guy (laughs) yeah just you know just kind of went about his business um It, it must have been weird, though,
1: to have him as a coach to kind of look over, that's Wayne Gretzky. Yeah,
0: I mean, it was a it was a great, you know, whether it was locker room or coaching staff, you had him, you had Grant as the goalie coach, yeah, you had Paul the Coffey there all the, the time. And it's of, just, uh, you know, they have so much information, so much knowledge that, like I said, a lot of guys can't translate to their game. Guys are worried about just, you know... No. Not turning pucks over at the blue line, let alone you know <laughs> taking it and and scoring, which they just didn't uh, didn't understand all the time. <laughs> no.
1: As I said in the in the beginning here, you've been around a lot in mm-hmm. your career. You played for a lot of teams. Uh, um, how would you describe what, what what is your take on your career when it comes to? I mean, you've been to a few NHL clubs. Yep. You've been there. You played in the big league, yep. uh, but you haven't really sticked to one team for a longer period of time. What what, what how, how
0: you, do you look at that? You know, I've thought about that the last probably five or six years. Um, it's one of those things where I was, uh, you know, a great player coming up my entire life. I was never really pushed to six. I mean, not succeed, but I was never coming from behind, more or less. Like, I was always one of the better players on every team that I was on. Went directly from high school to college, had success there, and then, you know, left after three seasons to to sign a professional deal with Phoenix. And I think, um, yeah. you know, I just didn't have a great work ethic. I think that was the biggest contributing factor. I, You know, I just didn't know what it took to be a – to be a top-end guy, and like I said, I was used to scoring my whole life and being a top-six forward. Maybe it came and a little too easy for it you? Came a, it came yeah. really too easily, and then, you know, you're up and down your first year or so, and I might have, you know, gotten more games than I deserved in my first year or two. Maybe I needed to spend some more time in the American League and work on my game and work on different aspects of it. If you're not scoring every night, you need to do something. You need to bring something to the game, whether it's playing the body, and I was just kind of one of those tweener players where – you know, I'd be on the third or fourth line, but then I'd be on the power play, and I just, you know, could never get into a rhythm, and just didn't get how to play. And it took me, you know, I got hurt the next season during the lockout—an eye injury and broken orbital bone. So I was out that season, and it just—it took me like three years to recover. And um, the
1: orbital bone is under the eye, under, right? underneath
0: the, the eye. Yeah, you know. shattered it in a fight, wow. and it was just—you know—you can so much time off, and then you know you're a little timid playing again, and that's no way to—that's no way to go about the game. Finally, when I got to Pittsburgh, I Todd Richards, who was a coach in Columbus, now he was our coach there, and he sat down with me and said, what do you want to be as a player? And it was a question I couldn't even answer. I said, I just don't know, and, you know, that's when I finally started to figure out, you know, I needed to get involved physically every night for other things to take over and your skill to take over, and that's some things that I think, you know, guys need to realize going over, you need to, there's only a certain amount of guys on each team that, that are going to get, you know, unlimited minutes and top end, you know, power play everything like that and you need to be a guy that is accountable every night and brings something else to the team and that's I think that was my biggest thing
1: and also do you feel that because that's my feeling sometimes when when you're in the NHL and, and you kind of get um, they make a pretty quick decision on what type of player you are yeah. and this is a guy who's like we're not sure if it's NHL quality or i mean you're like in between NHL and AHL maybe mm-hmm. and you got that stamp on you maybe yep. a little through early too don't you I think, you think it came, so? i
0: think it came early i think um a big thing i, I had a year where i played with the Rochester Americans and Florida Panthers i think i played about 65 games in American League and 25 in uh the NHL and every time i'd get you know sent down the GM would come in and say well you know why well, why don't you control the game like you do in the American League? And I looked at him with a blank <laughs> stare on my face. I mean, it's like um, I play 20, 25 minutes in the American League. I'm on every situation. I have confidence on there. I play three minutes a night in the NHL, and if I turn a puck over, you don't play for another month. It's like you can't make that transition to certain guys, and that, that, I think that was a big thing as well. To me, it seems, uh,
1: I, I, I'm going to admit that I, I steal this from a colleague, I think it was Roy McGregor, a very respected columnist in, in, in Canada, mm-hmm. who once wrote a column about, he couldn't understand why they have the fourth line the way they do, and I tend to agree with him, especially when it's a situation like you just described, Yeah. <clears throat> if you give a player like four or five minutes a game, and if you do a mistake, you're benched, Yes. what's the point?
0: It's tough. I think that's that's a big thing over here too. It's so much different. I think you know, teams just roll four lines over here for the most part. Everybody, you know, give or take, you know, four or five minutes and certain guys plays the same amount and I think the top end guys are so good over there that they're gonna get their twenty minutes a night. But I also think, you know, the second, third and fourth line can spread it out a little bit more evenly. Like you said, I think it's really changing to it's such a fast paced game over there. Now I I don't watch hockey very often but even when you watch the highlights or certain things like that, you watch a playoffs, everybody skates, everybody contributes something, and I think they're getting away from you know fourth-line fourth, fourth line guys that only play three, four minutes a yeah, night. Yeah, that I starts think,
1: to change a little bit. I yeah. think it is.
0: I think guys are now playing 10, 11, 12 minutes uh, a night, and you really have no bearing on a game unless you're sure. over 10, 11, 12 minutes a night. It's, you have more of a negative effect, I think, in my opinion, than you can in a positive way.
1: Uh, that's something that really needs to change with more teams, I think, because everybody would... you know. Have that would be good for everybody yeah, uh, yeah. to have it like that. And look at like LA Kings last season. They really rolled their fourth line, four lines, and, and their fourth line was really important for their Stanley Cup.
0: Yeah, they were huge, and I, I remember watching those games, and they brought, you know, whether they were fast, whatever, they're a physical line, but at the same time, all three of those guys can play the game. They can think the game, and they're they're smart, smart players, and they brought a lot of energy to that team, and I think that's what contributes.
1: Yeah, and talking about being, I mean, yeah, I mean, we talk about you not really sticking with an NHL team, but just being there, playing mm. the games you have played. You've been with Arizona, with the Rangers, with Arizona again. Uh, that was Phoenix, really, when yeah, you yeah. played there. And Pittsburgh, Florida, Chicago, Minnesota there in the end, too. Uh, um, so, so you have a career to be really proud of. But it's really difficult to know uh, how good a play going to be. You need to have a bit of luck, too. And I was actually looking in your draft. And it's pretty amazing. I mean, first of all, the number one guy was Rick Pietro. Yeah, yeah. um, Who who got that enormous contract in the New York Islanders and got all the injuries, and he he's he's retired now. Yeah. Do you remember the player that was picked right before you? I couldn't. Nicholas Cornwall was he? Yeah, he was number twenty nine in that draft, and you were thirty. Yeah, it
0: was it was Uh, a good draft. It's kind of one of those things where I feel like it's always good to to be brought into a situation where you're going to get a chance to play. But I think in my case, I got brought in maybe a little early. And I think that, like we said, that affected me a little bit where you see those guys in Detroit, and they're in Grand Rapids for two, three years, and they learn how to play the game. They learn how to be a pro and how to to live away from the rank. And I think uh, there's a lot to be said about that thinking these days.
1: Mm, absolutely. An interesting thing with that draft, too, is in the second round, uh, familiar guys for you know Swedish mm-hmm. fans... In the second round of that draft, Daniel Wieding was taken mm-hmm. with you now, Tim Leine, who you're going to be up yeah, against in the playoffs, yeah. Jonas Nordquist, and them. And it's always like this. You can always be the smart guy many, many <laughs> years after. In the seventh round, pick 205, Henrik Lundqvist.
0: There you go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, good uh, a good pick by the That was creators, a good find. To say that about. was a good find for them. <laughs>
1: We're gonna before we talk a lot about Lean and we're yeah. gonna talk a little bit about your career because I got some questions r- regarding yeah. some of the uh, uh, of your teams there. As we said, you mm-hmm. started in Phoenix, was the name of yeah. the team It's Arizona Coyotes, not Ace. Yep. And when you played your first games, do you remember your first game, by the way, in the NHL?
0: I want to say, I want to say it was in Ottawa or something like that. I know I have. It was a nice thing that they do back home. They give you your first goal, your first assist, and your first um, game puck. You get like a plaque. With yeah, a plaque. you get a nice yeah, puck and yeah. everything. Um, I want to say it was Ottawa or Nashville, something like that. But I remember my first goal was against St. Louis, okay. the team that drafted me. But I was traded when I was still in college, so that was kind of nice. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it will be a little bit of revenge
0: yeah. there.
1: <laughs> but one of your teammates who's still in the same team was Shane Doan. Yeah. And he's really well-known and respected for being the, like, ultimate team player. Yes. Uh, hard-nosed, hard-working uh, type of player. Uh, is very successful in the Canadian national team. Yeah. Who's the Shane Doan of leadership? Who's the guy uh, who's going to take charge and show the way with a physical game like him? Do you have a player like I think
0: Dawn? I think I'd think of Matthias Sjogren right away. Yeah. I think, um, whether we do the voting for the Golden Helmet or anything, he's always on the top of my list. I think... Um, Said it in all the interviews I've done lately. I think uh, I played with Matias and uh, Hershey for a little while. He got he got a raw deal there? over there. I th- uh-huh. th- that's what it was. You know, he. It's hard. It's a hard transition mm-hmm. to go to North American. You know, it wasn't a great fit for him, and it just he struggled with it. And it's it's good to see him come back here, and it's it's a completely different player than what I saw over there. He
1: because um, because it, it felt like the Capitals kind of like gave up. I mean,
0: they did, quick. they did. It was like one of those things. Well, if this is going to be our third line center. He's going to be a PKer. He's going to go hit, and maybe he didn't hit right away, or maybe he he didn't do a little thing. So once that happens, oh well, he can't play here, and we're just going to send him down. And you know, maybe they can work with him there when they don't really. Know what's going on all the time there, yeah. but he's the type of guy who he's quiet. He's a leader. He doesn't say a lot, which is, which is nice. You know, he he's a leader by example, and I think that goes farther than anybody rah-rahing in the locker room and doing the wrong thing on the ice. I think um, he's a like you said, he's a big big physical presence yeah. for us that that, he's gonna be that eats up a lot know, of man. minutes. Yeah,
1: who talks most in the locker room, Matthias Kroger or Magnus Johansson?
0: <laughs> oh man, Magnus! I sit next to Magnus, and I hear. Maybe three words a day from him, so it's it's pretty quiet in there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's the quiet type, yeah. for sure. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. You were in New York for a short spell. Very uh, short, yep. yeah. but you played in Hartford for a line, the minor, minor yep. team. A couple of games for the Rangers. You were for at least one camp, right? Training no, camp. not even.
0: I got, not even camp? I was in Phoenix, got oh, traded, traded, and then uh, ended up traded back there later towards the uh, end of the year. It was I just see. a bad fit. It was just... You know, I was a little sour about being traded, especially out there. They brought me in for, you know, a game or two, whatever. It ended up being played 15 seconds one night and oh. sent me to Hartford where I didn't. You know, the coach down there was, you know, something different to deal with. And maybe I didn't have the best attitude and just kind of butted heads right away and ended up getting traded back, which I was happy about, but you basically starting all over again. And it seems also like
1: when they move players around in North America, the coaches don't really know what they get either. No. Uh, it's like the first podcast I did this season, doing my own podcast, mm-hmm. I did it with Per Mortz, the mm-hmm. coach of the Swedish national team. And he told me the story about Stefan Lieb, uh, the late Stefan Lieb, uh-huh. the former goalie, uh, 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 the goalie who, who uh, was in Detroit's organization. Yeah. And he was sent down from AHL down to the East Coast Hockey yeah. League, and some guy picks him up at the airport or wherever he showed up at the, uh, the East Coast Hockey League. And the first question Stephen gets is, "You shoot right or left?" <laughs> and he's like, Sorry, I'm a goalie. So yeah,
0: so it is. It's it's you know there's there's a lot of movement over there. I think um, it, it's hard if if they don't know exactly what they're getting. It's their job on the line, so they need to uh, they're going to put in who they know. And yeah. other than that, I think. You need to really prove yourself to to coaches at any level.
1: Uh, Jaromir Jagr was a player with the New York Rangers at that time. Uh, I mean, you've been up against Jagr a few times in the NHL over the years. The fact that he's still playing.
0: It's amazing. Yeah right. Give him tons of credit for that. I think that was when they were having their big years in New York. It was him, and uh, Nylander. Yeah, I think Mike that Neymar line. They was, were
1: that line was amazing. They were
0: unbelievable. Even watching him in practice. A few weeks that I was there was was something neat. But you read all the articles about him. He he's a workout freak. He takes sure. care of himself. He's uh, he's obviously a great player. And it would be nice to see him. You know, play a few more years because <laughs> he still has it in him. exactly. You know? he and could, he, he could wants go to. On, which yeah. is great.
1: But the, the, the big secret behind his success is, like you say, he's a workout freak. He works out all the time.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you know. I've, I've heard all the stories where he has keys to certain ranks or lets other other trainers let him in, which which is something to be said about that. I mean, everybody's a little bit different, wired a little bit differently, and that's brought him success. So I wouldn't say too much about it.
1: An impression of Henrik Lundqvist at the time, he was pretty young. Uh, yeah. Uh, do, you, do you remember anything of him from that I know that Henrik
0: time? from uh, Frederick Schustrom. Yeah,
1: yeah, your are friends with Frederick. So, you yeah, so we, came, Arizona, over, right? we yeah. came
0: over for midsummer in probably 06, 07, something like that, Yeah, and Henrik and they were all there. So I got to know him a little bit from that from that point of view too. But, I mean, he, he worked. The, the one thing I like about any goaltender is he doesn't quit on pucks, you know, whether it's a shooting drill or whether it's two-on-one or whatever. He plays out the rebounds and he wants to get better and, you know he gets mad when you score goals it doesn't matter how it comes but i think that goes a long ways and i think even in practice even he's in practice really it, mad if he exactly you know. that's the thing that some of these younger guys don't understand sometimes and oh i'll save one out of every five that's all i need to concentrate on well why not do everyone and try to you know try to make yourself better
1: uh, talking about goal is mm-hmm. uh, i'd say that an important part if you want to become a champion is to really have especially going into the playoffs to have a Clear number one goalie, that's <laughs> yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And I also say that history kind of proves it.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, it's
1: very it's not it doesn't happen very often when you kind of switch back and forth yep. all the time and win a championship. You guys go into the playoffs yep. with not uh, yep. number one goalie. Yep. You have David Ratiu and you have Marcus Hugbury. I mean I think uh, be one of them, I right? think
0: if you were to ask me, you know, who the MVP of this league is, I'd say Michael Telquist. It's a completely different team when he's not in net. Yeah. So I think if you look on that aspect, but he also got to play every game this year. He plays the majority of games. These two split so often that I don't know if you know one would necess- necessarily be pre- be prepared to play a seven game series play every night like that. I I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's also a good thing where we have two guys that are competing and wanting to get better and. Yeah, maybe maybe one night, one guy is an off night. Well, we're lucky we have another great goaltender that you know can go in the next game, or you know maybe they talk and see which games they'd rather play. And I think there's a lot to be said about that. But at the same time, you're right. I think everybody needs a needs a number one goaltender, and I. I couldn't even tell you who's playing on Friday so that's no. kind of that's one of those things where nobody really knows till till the day before
1: But are, they seem fine with it the two goalies it's they not do like they're, they're
0: goalies everybody leaves them alone for the yeah. most part so that's the best thing to do as yeah. far as I know they're okay with it which but no, is good no dirty looks between no, the goalies no they've been they've been they've been very professional about it the entire season and they is,
1: kind of like the way you guys play in front of them similarly I mean do they think about the game the same way
0: I think I think it's gotten a lot better the last you know month or too I think we're playing a lot better defensively you know limiting scoring chances and I think that's um any goalie's got to be happy about that I think uh you know you can talk to them very easily you can you can learn a lot about what they're thinking you know whether they come out of the net whether they don't um but I think I think they have to be pretty happy you know we have a we have a great penalty killing unit and um you know that's where a lot of goals can come from sometimes but you know the defense are very aggressive on that and I think you know a great penalty-killing unit happens to be your goaltending, so it, it just shows how well they've played together. Uh,
1: listening to to Melin, your coach, mm-hmm. um, and, and he doesn't uh, absolutely not mean it as a disrespect to any of your opponents. He's a very respectful person to everybody. But um, listening to him after losses, it's um, it feels like he... He has a strong belief in you guys, too. When you play on top of your game, he knows most of the time you're going to win. When you lose, most of the time, he can point at different reasons for you that you have lost. No question. He pointed out in an interview that I read recently that he felt that when you don't reel a back check as you're supposed to do, that's when the losses come. Do you agree with that, that you kind of lose a little bit because of your
0: own mistakes? No question. I think uh, we do have such a good team and I think guys realize it. I think um, we're lucky that you hate to say it but you can turn it off and on. You know, we're down by three goals, we don't quit because we we feel like we have the firepower on our team. But that being said, I think we it's need not to, a good tactic in the play. No, I think we need to realize that we've been successful lately because our transition game and I think our transition is huge. When our when our D hold on to the puck too long we're not great. We uh, we really struggle. And but when they're getting it and their first thing is to get it up to the forwards and get it going in and, you know, moving our feet and get on the forecheck because we have four four lines that can play in big bodies up front that can get on a forecheck and wear teams down. And I think, you know, our defensemen have realized that lately. You know, the say it, but kind of the less that they have the puck and get it up into the forwards and, <laughs> you know, more time in their, in the offensive zone contributes to not having to play defense as much, and that's huge for our team.
1: Yeah. Uh, we're going to continue um movement here, and it's interesting to kind of follow up with questions a little bit surrounding that. Talk about coaches again in Arizona when mm-hmm. you had Gretzky as a ad coach. Yeah. Um, and he traded you and you're I mean that was yeah. that was kind of
0: rude that <laughs> uh, was strange it's part of the business I think it, they had been talking about it even in the summer before he but he was the one who told got you there. to
1: Jeff I got yeah he came up he came uh, up to me
0: and he was good about it we were up and I think we are actually up in Edmonton and then uh, had to fly out to New York the next day or whatever but he was he was good about it but I think you have to remember it's a business and uh, it's it's part of it like but you on the road people...
1: with a team and then you have to leave to go to Pittsburgh
0: right? yep I ended up we are in Edmonton, ended up, he's like, you can stay here, you can come with us to Vancouver tonight, and, you know, go out to guys, said, "I'll oh, just come to Vancouver and leave from there, and oh, okay. f- so then Flew f- ended up going from Vancouver out east, and after that, yeah.
1: That's got to be a weird feeling, though, you, I, I, I imagine a player in a situation like that, you have to feel very, very lonely Yeah, you do. About yeah, to your new I, team.
0: you do, because it's the only thing you know is that team when you're young like that, and it's... It was a bit challenging and tough to, you know, you obviously you know some guys, but at the same time you're coming into a new environment and you don't know what to expect and learning everybody's names and the trainers and just trying to be respectful respectful for everybody and at the same time try to find your way around. is It's, it's a tough task. I
1: remember Magnus Johansson told me when he was in Chicago, and I think he also, he pretty much told Chicago, I think, that he was going to move back to Sweden. I don't remember the details, but what happened was that he was traded from Chicago to Florida.
0: Yeah. He yeah. was going
1: to be, a, he was on a flight from Chicago or wherever they were playing to Florida. And he came in pretty late. So the warm up was going yeah, on. Yeah. And he came to the rink and walked into the locker room. Maybe one of the trainers were there, but otherwise it was empty, except for one thing his jersey six and Johnson. <laughs> that's got to be weird, though. <laughs> to yeah, put on a yeah. new
0: jersey and go out in the warm ups. Yeah, they probably think it's some fan that's coming out for warm ups and they don't know <laughs> Who's who it is. Who is this guy? Yeah, just yeah. a small little Swedish guy out here coming out for warm ups. But he, uh, yeah, he told me some of those stories, but it doesn't. It doesn't surprise me one bit, no. No, no. that's the way it is
1: <laughs> over there. Uh, Gretzky had an assistant by the name of Ulf Samuelsson. Yep. He was a head coach in Moda for a couple yep. of years here, and he's now an assistant coach yeah. with the New York Rangers. Yeah. Is he a future head coach in the
0: NHL, you think? Oh, I think so. I, I've known Ulf just from living in Phoenix. You know, his family was down there, and I remember his boys were skating when when we were playing. They were just yelling back in the day. And uh, um, I actually played against one of his sons the last few years when he was in Wilkesbury in Pittsburgh's organization. Mm-hmm. But... Um, great guy easy to talk to easy to get along with I've always liked Olfie and yeah I think it's just a matter of time with his resume that he's going to get a head job somewhere for sure
1: what's his best uh, I mean uh,
0: he can communicate yeah. I think pretty pretty easily with the defenseman and how he wants him to play and he's smart enough to be around so many good players his entire career that you know he knows what he needs in his forwards every night as well
1: that's going to be interesting to find yeah. him you were in Pittsburgh for two years two mm-hmm. seasons uh, played with Malkin and Crosby yeah what was
0: that like? Unbelievable. It's people still ask me what I think. You know, Crosby's the hardest worker I've ever played with. He uh, every day wants to get better every day, and that's commendable. And Malkin's pretty much the opposite. He's uh, he doesn't even bring st- there's about a month or two. He doesn't even bring his own sticks out to out to practice. So he'll just go down the bench, find a left handed stick, and use it. And he's still the best player on the ice. So. I think he probably has probably the top. Two or three talents in the NHL, and he's a big guy. And whenever somebody makes him mad or gets under his skin, Mm -hmm. he's a different player, and he can take over games in the playoffs and regular season. And I think he's got that fire more so now than he did when he was younger to want to be great and want to be a better player. And like I said, his skill level is off the charts way more than anybody else that I've ever played with. But you know, if you look at overall guys you'd want to be a leader, it's Crosby with his work ethic every day in practice he just wants to wants to work on things and get and get better
1: it's amazing cuz uh, i mean uh, the way he i mean his passion for the game mm-hmm. i mean you all have passion for the game but I mean, I remember one time I was in Pittsburgh doing some stories and I talked to him and, and he's very professional. Yeah, he, He's not the best interview.
0: No, he'll um, never let on anything.
1: No, but at the same time, I mean, he's pretty much himself anyway because his life is so much hockey. I remember I was kind of sneaking up on him because I was, you know, listening mm-hmm. into what he was talking with his teammates about because yeah. I was kind of curious. What is he talking about with his teammates? And it was pretty much hockey, hockey, hockey. Uh, it I is. Mean, you, you
0: don't get too much out of him and that's the way he was and I think you got to take him for what he is. I think that's all he's known since he's been about 14 years old. And, yeah, you know, to a certain extent, you almost feel bad for him because he can't live a normal life. You know, he can't really go out in Pittsburgh and go have a nice dinner without getting hounded by people or, for the most part, anywhere he goes. And it's it's hard to loosen up because, you know, you never know what somebody might write about you or say about you. And I think that... His reputation is everything to him. He's just he's just a quiet guy and keeps to himself. Uh, he's a
1: nice guy though. Very I mean, nice. He's a very, very nice. Uh, he'd, he'd do
0: anything for it. He's a, you know a great teammate, great guy.
1: Uh, yeah. And strong too. Cause he oh kind of, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Super, yeah. Yeah. Super. Yeah. So I remember because when Max told me one time he was like pounding his hand on on a on the table like yeah. this is a hard. He's like you know spinning yeah. into a rock.
0: He is. He is. He's uh just lower body is. So heavy, and that's why he's balance And skating so explosive. He's just he's uh, he's put together more than people think.
1: Uh, I mean, you've really been to some. I mean, you're from Minnesota. That's yep. really hockey country. You yep. you play for the original sixteen Rangers. Chicago for one mm-hmm. game there. Uh, uh, you've been in Pittsburgh, was really a hockey town. Yeah. But then you also been to Florida Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> How is that like?
0: It was tough. I think um, it was nice because I played with a few guys that I played with in college and. It was neat and it was great because i was in rochester most of the time so okay you get called up that's a bonus and then you're in florida that's even better so <laughs> yeah. it was nice from that aspect the hockey was tough i think um people some people don't even know there's a hockey team down there to be honest with you and it's just too bad it's not a better location for the rink it's you know what's 45 minutes from miami and where basically the beach is and Fort Lauderdale. It's 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 a drive and it's It's, you know, like it's in the middle of nowhere, right? And it's right on Alligator is. Alley. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's 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 that's out a big there. highway yeah. across, across and across the And it's Florida. just yeah. I mean, it's not that accessible. And I think they're doing hopefully doing a little bit better. But I mean you sometimes can't even give tickets away down there. And it's it's frustrating. The only time that the place will be crowded is when it's a Canadian team or the Rangers mm-hmm. or something, when it's all New York people or people vacationing down yeah, there. And the they'd come to the games for cheap tickets. That's yeah. why. So <laughs> yeah,
1: it's kinda of sad. Yeah. And I mean that team that started up so successful when they came into the league in yeah. the
0: finals pretty much all the time.
1: Mean, yeah, right won, away they were in the beginning, yeah. So but now they got jog maybe, maybe they can make it to the playoffs. It they looks like they got cool.
0: a good team actually. Yeah. 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 It's kinda of neat.
1: Uh Chicago for a short spell. Any impression uh, being close to Jonathan Taves and Patrick
0: Kane? Um, I like. They were still young when I was there. They were yeah, still, you know, twenty-one, twenty-two. But it's I remember go, yeah. it's going into another team where you don't know anybody at training camp. And mm-hmm. I was there a little early. I sat down, and Taves was the first one who came over to me and said, "Hey, Jeff, how you doing?" And I thought that was, you know, nice from right away Clearly, to, to yeah. recognize me and stuff. But he was a North Dakota guy. He's friends with some people from my hometown so okay. we got to talking to him right away but that's a kid who's you know 20 like i said 21 22 years yeah. old that goes out of his way to make older guys feel welcome and that's good. you can tell it's his team and he was a future leader it, or exactly a leader already yeah right? he was and it's just kind of neat to see guys like that do it
1: so i'm going to put you on a spot a bit of mm-hmm. if you were a gm in the national hockey league and you had to pick one player is it yeah. taves or crosby or anybody else man make your pick any player in the that's world that's interesting start your team it's
0: a difficult one. That is a tough one. I think I think there's a lot to be said about both those guys. I think I think if you had to, I think just the defensive aspect of Taves and what he can bring, you know, it's, it's hard for everybody expects Crosby to score two, three yeah. points a night, and yeah. that's the thing. Like, I think Taves has so much success because you look at the guys around him. He's got Kane. He's got Sharp. He's got host He's got all these guys to deflect some of the scoring uh, off of him, whereas – in Pittsburgh, it's just you know milking for the most part, and yeah. I think that that has to wear on a guy throughout a season. I think so. I think if you switch those guys in any situation, it's there's positives with both of them, and you know it would be it would be tough. It would be a tough call. Yeah,
1: it's a pretty good player. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but then you came home for a few games when you mm-hmm. came to Minnesota Wild. It was nice. That must have been special. It was nice.
0: It was worth a try. I think um, you know when Mike Yo was there, he. Uh, he was the coach, and Daryl Sador, who I played with in Pittsburgh, and Mike O was an assistant coach there. And, yeah. you know, I had a good year the year before in Rockford, and they were coaching against me all the time. And, you know, hopefully I'd like to think get a, you get know, a good chance at a training camp, but you're an older guy. I think I knew it was more or less in a call-up situation. Yeah. Would have liked to play more than a few games, but I think they're just kind of in a mindset as a few other teams where we give so many guys an opportunity to get games, to try to keep guys happy and you know maybe re-sign them for the future and things like that where you know it's kind of it was fun to play a few games but yeah. at the same time it was you know it's kind of a long year too.
1: Yeah, yeah. and then you played a couple of years in mm-hmm. Hershey Bears. Yeah. uh and then the question I guess you've gotten from some friends back home at least yeah. uh, early on how did you end up in Lindship?
0: <sighs> I don't know for the most part it's kind of you know one of those things where i've i've always liked sweden i've always liked you know the lifestyle once we visited here things like that i've heard great things about the league um i mean honestly from standpoint i was more or less looking to go to russia or switzerland but mm-hmm. at the time there was just no deals out there because they really don't know how serious you are if you really want to come mm-hmm. and i think um you know Freddie said it best he's like you you know sometimes you need to go to sweden or some of these leagues to prove that you can play over there Mm -hmm. and that's when different things open up and i understood that and you know i ended up talking to mike Helber and johan and these guys for a while and just seemed like seemed like a good group seemed like a nice town i'm actually friends with uh my house is Lee Gorn, who actually played in mm-hmm. town here. So mm-hmm. he played in the Swedish league for a long time, and he said it's a great spot. It's a it's a, it's a great family atmosphere, and mm-hmm. you know it's it's been everything we've asked so far.
1: Yeah, and you here with your wife and the two twins. Yeah, um, they are two years old. Yeah, twins? two and yeah. two and a little. Yeah, uh, uh, you were from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Swedish. I mean, there's a lot of people there with oh, yeah. Swedish ancestors. Yeah. Is actually actually,
0: um, my mom's side is. Uh, the three girls are Andersons. so ah, okay. my grandpa's dad came from Sweden. Okay. So we they actually have second cousins that they visit in Gothenburg when they came over here a few years ago. And then my mom, I've seen her a few times already this this year. She's a she's a principal down there, so okay,
1: exactly.
0: there is some relatives, and it's kind of it's kind of neat. But yeah, you expected it coming from over there. Exactly, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Minnesota is very Swedish. Yeah. yeah, I remember I was uh, I was there one time, and driving around, I, went, I ended up I think the name of the place was even Lindstrom.
0: Yeah, there is. There's tons. Yeah, yeah. and the police yeah.
1: cars were like blue. With um, police was in yellow. Yeah, it was blue and yellow. Yeah, <laughs> like a celebration of the Swedish flag. That yeah. was kind of neat. <laughs> but uh, tell me, I mean, you've been here for a season now. What's mm-hmm. been the biggest surprise for you? Is there anything that's like, wow? Is this the way? It's that you know? Is this the way it is here in Sweden? It's.
0: It is. I. Everybody told me coming over. It's a defensive league, and I and I get it. It's uh, it's tough to score goals over here. It's tough to create chances. Um. It's a fast game, guys. Everybody can skate over here. Is
1: the game better than you expected?
0: Um, I expected a great, a great quality over here. To be honest with you, so I'd say it's a, it met my expectations okay. for sure. I think the the skill is a little bit better than I thought. I think you know everybody, you know everybody on our team can bring bring some some type of skill level to a certain extent. I think. I think just like anything else, one thing you feel like you get more frustrated with is it's becoming such a business over here. But, you know, our officiating some night seems up and down. And yeah. it's one of those things, right? You just get so frustrated because sometimes it seems like they don't care and they don't understand that. Uh, you know, maybe I yell too much, but uh, at the same time, it's because I care and uh, I want to win. Whereas,
1: What is it you think they should do better?
0: I think the U.S. has done a good job about it, about making people accountable. I, every yeah. game is reviewed, and you know whether you want to get called up to the NHL or sent down to the East Coast league, it's all based off performance. And mm-hmm. you know they review every game, and it's just it's just a little bit different here. I, I know it's a laid back culture and everything, which can be very frustrating to people coming over for the first time.
1: Because yeah. I know Donald Brashear, who all of a sudden, to everybody's surprise, turned up in Modo. Yeah. He was really giving the referees a hard time saying yeah. that he didn't thought they were doing their job at all.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean, he watched most of the games, so he'd know what he's talking about. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's true, too.
1: Yeah. But I, it amazes me a little bit because I feel kind of like the I, I hate to... Go up and talk, you know, against the referees because I really yeah. admire everybody who's got the balls to do that job, and I really want them to, I agree. to do well. But it's at tough. the same time, yeah, it is a tough job. But at the same time, it seems to me like the level has been going down. It, it somehow it needs to get up again.
0: I just, uh, I just, uh, it's just hard because it is a tough job. No, you're never going to make anybody happy, whether it's no. our team or the other team or certain players. And I just, it's one of those things where I think I get most frustrated when. You know, you pass the buck on to somebody else, whether you didn't make a call. And a few minutes later, you know, the linesmen are kind of watching the video replay up top. I've never seen anything like that before. And then my first game here, I get kicked out for what I thought was a good open ice hit. And I end up getting suspended for a game for, I feel, a clean hit and no good reason. Whereas, you know, I I think maybe there's some embellishment in certain teams and certain players in this league. Whereas I think you see half of our team gets hit every night. And you pop back up. We're not get a bunch of guys that lay around on the ice. And yeah. maybe if you start doing that more, I don't know. Do they call more penalties? It's just uh, not the way I like to play the game. And that's the way that's you feel the way it's a little bit. Tough, if
1: yeah. you stay down, you're, you might get... A little uh, bit. Yeah, yeah. And then also, one situation that's called one way, one moment, it's different the other.
0: It changes yeah. game to game. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's not good. That needs to change, for sure.
0: It does, but it like, comes back to me in like Swedish... Swedish Hockey leagues becoming, like you said, whether it's the TV rights or anything, it's becoming a, a huge business and it's such an important fact. These teams are losing millions if they have to go to the Osvenska League and
1: mm-hmm, that can be right. the
0: difference on a nightly basis is a penalty call here and a penalty call there and you just never know which which might be the deciding factor.
1: Do you talk a lot to the referees? Tell them your I've, feelings? I
0: tell them I, I try to quit. I try to be nice and I'll apologize if I yell after the games, but it's just like I said, it's frustrating because I, I care, I want to win and you know
1: do you feel like they communicate? Because that's something no. I hear from. No, no they don't. right?
0: No. <laughs> no,
1: they they just get mad at you when you try Yeah, to they just it
0: yeah, up. basically. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Which is it. fine.
1: Yeah. Oh, at the same time, yeah, I mean, that's one good thing, really good thing with you know the referees in the NHL. I feel there's really
0: communication level. A, there is yeah. a communication yeah. Yeah. level, yeah. and that's they'll let you know when hey, all right, come on, take it easy. Yeah. Yeah. There's a respect level more so yeah. over there than there is here.
1: They should learn more from the referees over there. Uh, anything else that you feel is different from what you expected maybe a little bit?
0: No, I don't think so. I think mm-hmm. it's been it's been you know, it's been a quick season, I think. Uh, yes. It's gone by fast when you're coming to a new place and trying to experience new things. We need to have visitors all year, so it's yeah. it's flown by. It's it really has, but it's been it's been fun and I'm just looking forward to the playoffs. It should be should yeah. be a fun time of the season.
1: But as I said, you've had a really a nice career doing a lot of good things. Almost 200 NHL, NHL games, you scored a bunch of goals over there i have been in the NHL, AHL, uh, in playoff time, but you've never gone all the way. No. You're still waiting for going all the way, yeah. which is, of course, an extremely diff- diff- difficult thing to do. Yeah. Um. But before we're going to talk a little bit about that, talk about going all the way, I mean, you lost the scoring race with one point. Yeah. That's got to be annoying.
0: <laughs> it is. That happened the other year in the American League, too. I, really? Yeah, yeah. Me and uh, Brandon Perry, who plays in Florida, we are kind of, you know neck and neck the whole season and ended up losing that one got second place but it's one of those things that that line and Orbo they got hot uh, Derek you know, Ryan the last... had
1: one point more. he had 60 points yeah years, you know.
0: and they were playing well towards the end of the season and you know I think I was pretty steady the entire season And mm. but you always think about oh I hit a few posts last yeah. now you week. gotta remember those oh I you remember post, everyone you things, hit the few <laughs> posts here or this one and it's just like you'll drive yourself crazy if you do that I think um, you know it's disappointing it's always nice to be recognized for that but at the same time it's kind of like you would literally drive yourself crazy if you if you worried about it too much.
1: Yeah, and I saw a quote in the local paper here that you said that you don't care too much about winning the scoring race because you want to win the championship.
0: I do. I think it means more. I think we got a great group here. I yeah. think, like you said earlier, whether it's for town or for the group of guys here, yeah. I think um, everybody seems to. You learned a bit have...
1: about the history too, right? You uh, yeah, understand I've, the yeah. feelings because yeah, yeah for yeah.
0: sure. And it's it's you know becomes more clear the longer you're here and the more you stay here and. How it's, would you
1: describe it the feeling of you know, the way they're longing for that championship
0: it's, I mean the fans want it so much and they're right. so passionate which which is great um you know it's just like every other team though who's to say everybody wants to win yeah. you know it's one of those things where yeah we're a good here, team also,
1: they've been so close they've been to the finals twice oh yeah and uh, they lost the finals in here too we're sitting in the arena Yeah, for you who are listening to this uh, and I mean two times teams have been skating around with the trophy that's in tough. here and that's the opponents both times. that's
0: always tough uh, but I think um, I think our group needs to realize that the expectations are there and it's up to us to perform I think you know series can go they can fluctuate in different ways but I think we've got a pretty calm group for the most part and say yeah so what if we get down a game or two I think we realize um, that we're a good enough team and we're
1: to come back to
0: yeah. come back and you know not get too desperate right away
1: yeah Uh, uh how different is... the? I mean, this is your first time playing playoffs here, but you've been in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you've been mm-hmm. in the NHL playoffs. Uh, uh, how different is the pace of the game and everything, the intensity, the physical part when you come to the
0: playoffs? Over uh, there? I mean,
1: normally in playoffs. Normally time, it's... It kind of goes up and It goes right? <laughs> up quite
0: a bit. I think uh, I think the biggest thing is the NHL playoffs. I, Like I said, I don't like watching regular season, but I will watch playoff hockey in, right, in the right. NHL over there because it seems like it's... It's at a different level. It's yeah. it's so fast. It's so intense. And I think guys realize like every shift yeah. counts. And that's that's something in the American League, too. It really ramps up because that's a thing over there as well. Everybody wants winning winner, winners on their team. And, you know, maybe you don't have a ton of points in the playoffs or maybe, maybe you're a role player, but if you're on a winning team in a Calder Cup or an NHL, yeah. you'll find a job for the rest of your career. Yeah. And that goes, yeah. so, and it goes such a long ways. And I... And I imagine it's the same over here.
1: Uh, how excited are you about going into the playoffs? It's been a long season, 55 games. Now you're getting ready to play a big rival yeah. to, in, in the Hove Hotel. I think, it's, the I
0: think it's great. Uh, I love the travel for us in the first round. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've enjoyed, I think, um, maybe the first preseason game I played was down there. And yeah. I liked it. It's a great rink. It's a, it's a yeah. fun place to play. It's a great crowd. It's energetic. I think both teams match up well. Yeah. I think it's, you know... Obviously, every team that's made it this far has got their strengths, but they're a very skilled team. Um, They're quick, and I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see how two teams match up. I think uh, regular season means nothing this time of the year, as people know. And, you know, whether you run into a hot goaltender or we have a hot goaltender, it's just that's, that's a deciding factor.
1: Uh, Andrea Sentin who used to play here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was pretty excited about playing you guys. He, yeah. said he was
0: looking forward to you and he wanted to
1: <laughs> You gonna make him eat up his words?
0: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think he's uh he's been known to talk quite a bit. So it's <laughs> yeah, he's been known to talk. <laughs> guys guys already warned me about him and not to waste my time, so okay. <laughs> he's a talker he's a, on the ice too, right? Yeah, he talks everywhere. He's <laughs> uh he's good at his job I guess, you know not sure what that is if it's talking or what he does but he does a good job at that.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you look forward to meeting him on the ice. Aren't
0: you? Oh, it'll be fun. It'll be uh, fun. They got they got a few guys over there that like to like to try to stir the pot and that's that's what it is and it doesn't bother me very much at all and you know they also have you Noah know, Christensen and some of these campoli yeah. that are great older players and I think they're going to bring a lot to this to this team in the playoffs and they're going to be a uh, they're going to be a team to be, you know, reckoned with, and I think we can't take them lightly at all. Why
1: do you win that series? What do you feel you have that they don't have?
0: Um, you know, we've been through highs and lows this season. I think, as as any other team, I think uh, I like our depth up front. I think, you know, we roll four lines every night. We got big physical forwards, and I think that's gonna that's gonna go a long ways. You know, you're not just playing a team one night where. Yeah, you know, anything can happen. I, you know, you're you're playing the same defense every night and you know, hopefully if we get it through our heads that we can get on a four-check chip pucks and play the body and be physical on this team that you know, maybe that's maybe that's a deciding factor in game 5, 6 or 7.
1: You've been on the same line pretty much the whole season little in and out yeah, and yeah, yeah in yours yeah tell us a bit about your line mates and what you guys bring to the game together and why you fit so well i together. think
0: uh we've been playing better lately i think uh you know mcflicker he he's a quick little guy he's got um he's got speed he he goes to the net he's got a good shot he just has a knack for scoring goals he always has Yeah, and i'm kind of more of a, a pass first rather than you know shoot type of centerman and i think Kent really complements our line well. I've been you know, we played with Verana for a long time this season. Yeah. And um, you know, I've been asking for Kent for for a while and he's a big body that creates you like turnovers. You fit well together, exactly. Yeah. He's yeah. a right handed guy. He he makes great plays in our defensive zone to get the puck out no matter what, so we're not hemmed in there for too long. Yeah, he might shoot it in the goalie every time he gets it, but um
1: <laughs> <laughs> But then you'd have to rebound. <laughs> yeah, but he
0: but he's creating turnovers. He's He's a physical presence out there, and I think that's the biggest thing, and he skates well for a big guy, and like I said, we can turn pucks over, and I think, you know, when you play with a guy like that, you know what he's going to do, and that makes everybody else's job easier.
1: Um, And it's you in the middle, and it's uh, Kent McDonald on one side, and Jacob McFlitter on the other side, and you literally speak the same language. Exactly. That makes a big difference, too. uh, but, you know, being the one American of the two Canadians, so you get a little...
0: That doesn't bother me. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're used to all the Canadians. They're both clo- both close to the border, so they're fine. Uh,
1: and, and then you have the second line with Matthias Schroger there yep. in the middle uh, that's been really successful yes. successful as well. And it's funny because, I mean, the... The first two lines have been so good yeah. that you kind of forget about the third and fourth line. Yeah. And I was sitting, in, in, in I was a guest at, at, in Seymour doing TV there. Yeah. And me and Santa Lindström, we talked about maybe Lindström is two great lines and then a little, you know, step backwards the other two lines. And that was the game against you, Gordon.
0: Yeah. So your answer scored. to that
1: exactly all four
0: lines scored. Yeah, they played. Uh, they so p- it really proved our point was wrong. Ex- I mean.
1: You have It's, four it's hard.
0: We, I think we do. I, I really do. And yeah. like I said, I don't know what to expect in the playoffs. I don't know what it's going to be like the matchups, but they they can all play and they all play well. And I think it's hard to, you know, when you're kind of shuffled in and out of some different lines or different combinations. It's it's tough to get some chemistry. But I think the last, you know, few weeks the lines have stayed pretty much the same on the third and fourth, and they've really started to play a lot better and you know creating more scoring chances. And I think that's going to be it's going to be huge. I think. Um, I think you look at almost every playoff series. Your top-end guys, whether it's your first, second line, they usually wash each other out. It's the third, fourth-line guys that are always the different makers in the mm-hmm. series, and I think that's um, that's going to benefit us hugely.
1: Sebastian Colson is one of those yeah. forever underrated guys. It's yeah. really important, right?
0: Oh, he does, he does a great job. Almtorp's a good centerman for Almtorp us. Too, yeah. I mean, you got Sally, who can skate, big body, and I mean... Who you mean? Uh, Sal- 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 Sally, right. yeah, yeah.
1: Johannes, yeah, yeah. And yeah.
0: then... Um, it's just, it's, it's solid. And we can plug in some other guys here and there. And I think, uh, you know, when you got a Jacob Vrana first-round pick on your mm. third line, <laughs> you know, if he gets the matchups that he likes, he can, uh, when he's skating and competing out there, he's, he's a great player.
1: I mean, he's a really interesting player to me, Jacob Vrana. He was, mm-hmm. He's born in uh, Prague, actually, yeah. from the Czech Republic. He was um, uh, taken by the Washington Capitals in the last draft, 13 overall. Uh, and, of course, the Capitals think that this is a future NHL star. Uh, it's been a long season for him. It's tough yeah. for him. He's still a junior. Played 44 games with Shopping. He was in the word juniors, as I said. Yeah. I mean, talk about this guy. How, how much? <laughs> He's
0: got all the tools. I think it's just a matter of him deciding when he wants to play. And I think that's any young player. I was in the same position as he was. When he gets mad, he skates and he... Shoots the puck, and I think that 's his biggest thing he needs to realize that he 's a north and south kind of forward, and his skating and his shot are his biggest assets and I think once he realizes that he 's going to take it 's going to take him some time to get over there and play in, on north American size rank and yeah. things happen quicker and I think it 'll be good for him I think it'll be a good transition and a good change in his life next year when he when he gets a chance to go over there and compete and see how how tough it is to make a team or to make yeah. the n h l and you know maybe that 'll that'll make him realize you know it, it needs to be every day not just you know a game here or a game there
1: uh, is he listening to you
0: <laughs> he does he yeah. actually is a really good listener he listens to a lot of the older guys he um uh. he wants to learn which is good and i think it's just a matter of you know whether he wants to do it that day or not and that's um you can't teach that stuff that's, oh, that's that very his very skill very level very is off experience. the charts and you know if somebody gets a hold of him over there and you know basically sits him down and tells him this is what we expect from you, I think he'll be very successful.
1: Talk about old guys. Magnus Johansson, he's almost yeah. my age and yeah. really old, <laughs> at least uh, according to my kids. But yeah. <laughs> how about Magnus? Uh, he's maybe not the skater he used to be, yeah. but it's still a very important part of your team. Of he is. Course.
0: He's, he's calming back there for some of those young guys. He uh, he still sees the ice great. You know, Maybe he doesn't have the shot that he did before no. the skating, but... I think he makes up with that, putting himself in good situations. and.
1: But you know, to me, it feels like he's got one more gear now. He's, kind of been, he's been fooling us a bit during the regular season, is my feeling. He's really going to step up.
0: I think so. I think it's one of the guys that you expect to play well in the playoffs. I think he's a guy that, like I said, his smarts get him a long ways, whether it's getting pucks to the net or you know, just making great passes out of our zone. I think that's, what, that's, that's the type of defenseman we need right now.
1: But how about Jonas Joneland and his looks? Doesn't he need to shave, right? Now? I don't know.
0: <laughs> I wonder if about? he did. I actually don't know if he did or not. The other day. Oh really? Yeah, he might have. Because yeah. that beard. I is mean, not... he looks better with the beard than without. So. <laughs> really? Maybe he should keep it.
1: Oh, you think so? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. But
0: he's had a good season.
1: Yeah, Jonas, yeah. for sure. Yeah. He's
0: played a lot of minutes, and I think, um, you know, after coming back from the national team, it's hard when you don't get a break. It's hard when you don't can't yeah, mentally relax for a while yeah. and. They both handle it really well, and you can you can see some games where he might might feel a little bit more tired than other nights. But you know we've got some rest now, and yeah. you know he's been able to kind of regroup. And I think he'll be he'll be huge for us.
1: Uh, Matthias Beckman is a defenseman that Detroit Red Wings initially hoped yeah. to you know really get some use for, but instead he went over to Grand Rapids, playing in the AHL, didn't like it at all. He went mm-hmm. back home, and he's also been traded from the Red Wings since yeah. now. Um, with the Dallas Stars organization when he came back he was kind of a slow starter but he I mean what did what, what, what you take on, on him?
0: I think he was just kind of it's rough I mean you're, you're, you're a young guy you're switching countries it's um, it's definitely something the guys aren't used to I uh, think uh, to you know a lot of guys him. expect to go over and play in the NHL and yeah. you know it's whether he had to transform his game in a certain way or another it just you know it didn't fit into their system and it's great. He came back here. He was a huge, huge bonus for our team. I think he—he's another great player that you know. And he's really been well. going up. I mean, his yeah, game is improving. Yeah, too. he's been playing a lot yeah. better recently. You know? yeah. um, I think, you know, those young guys are going to have a lot of minutes in the playoffs, and I think that they need. You know, those are the ones that are going to be important, and if they can just play a steady game, that'll that'll go a long ways for us.
1: Um, we mentioned a whole bunch of names here in Lane shopping. Is there anybody we haven't mentioned that you really feel this is a guy who's going to be important for us going into the playoffs?
0: Um, I just think you know. I think hopefully our line can be steady throughout the entire playoffs. But I also think, like you said, that's Shogun Hart, and Brock Little line—they've been—they've been scoring a lot of goals for us. They've uh, been doing a good job. And if Brock can keep his pace up in the playoffs, I think that's going to be that's going to be huge for us. Uh,
1: he's really a guy who likes to shoot more than pass, right? Oh yeah. Like oh, he
0: knows it. We <laughs> tell him that all the time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I give I give him credit because he's just a little guy and. He's got a horrible shot, but he scores in front of the net. And, you know, you got to get there. And he he does a great job, and he's got a knack for scoring goals, and he's scored a ton of big ones for us this year. And I think, you know, he's the type of player with his speed that the playoffs are going to be great for him.
1: You had 41 assists. Broke had 19. Yeah. Not even
0: half. Yeah. (laughs) That doesn't surprise me.
1: (laughs) No. But it's interesting, when I saw the TV interview the three of you did with, yeah. with Seymour that really talking about Shepping and, the, and the, you know, yes, your willingness to come here and write some hockey history for the local team. That would be really exciting.
0: I think so. Anytime you can be a part of a first somewhere is, is special. Um, like you said, we have no ties to this community or anything, uh, but I think we're more or less for the guys in our locker room that have been here for a long time and, you know, from the area that have played here and just kind of one of those things where we got a good group I think uh, you don't say it very often but everybody gets along for the most part everybody's you know interested in each other and are friends and would do do anything for other guys and I think that's that's something that can carry into the playoffs as well uh,
1: something that to me uh, you know working uh, as I do uh, you know, following teams for many many years
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you got a sense of I think you got a sense of what's going on in a team when you watch a practice yeah because uh, you know games are games and you know it's i mean that's one thing but when you really come on an off day and watch a practice you get a feeling of where this team is heading a little bit and today's practice i mean it was a little nasty out there. yeah the guys were really competing and felt like this team is ready to do something yeah good. we have a
0: lot we have a lot of guys in our team like that i think um you know, guys like to compete out here all the time, and I think as long as you can do it with a smile on your face and not take things too serious, yeah. that's exactly what it's all about. You try to make each guy better, and you know at the same time realize who you're going up against. Maybe this guy doesn't want to do it that day or whatever, but I think guys realize you know the limits of our practice and yeah. you know what you can get away with and cannot get away with. And I think you know our practice habits have been excellent been a for a while, of
1: pushing and shoving. Yeah, a little bit, but
0: it's just some of the bad drills that we do sometimes. (laughs) There's nothing else you can do.
1: (laughs) But I mean, that's a good thing, of (laughs) course. Exactly. Exactly. You're really on your toes. Yeah. Uh, We're going to talk a bit about hv We talked about that Mm -hmm. a little bit. Uh, One thing before that also, like you said, it's a great hockey atmosphere in Jönköping. No doubt about that. It's great in here too. I remember Mike Keen, when he was here doing one of the lockouts, he admitted to me that he was sometimes sitting on the bench kind of singing along yeah. <laughs> to the fans <laughs> when they were doing their singing. Do you do some sing-along on the bench sometimes? No, <laughs> no
0: sing-alongs. I always like seeing different crowds. So it's been yeah. it's been kind of a neat experience this year. But
1: that is really something different from North America. The oh, completely different. Yeah, the, you know. it's completely
0: different. It was kinda, it's actually kind of funny.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I guess you get used to it throughout the season and however long you play over here. But it's something that is completely completely opposite from back there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's going to really go up a notch, not for sure, not Yeah, in the good. playoffs. And we talked a little bit about about holy, <laughs> but mm-hmm. what do you think is going to be the key things for you guys to do in order to, to win that series?
0: I think it's our neutral zone play. I, um, I think uh, they, they have so much skill and speed on their team that we need to slow them down as much as possible. I think... Uh, <laughs> That's going to be huge for us, but I think that all comes from us being smart with the puck and not creating turnovers. I think you know, we need to chip pucks in, we need to learn to play a simple game, rim pucks, get on our forecheck, and I yeah. think as long as we can keep them in their defensive zone more so than building up speed and coming at us through the neutral zone, that's yeah. when we get ourselves in trouble, and then we can get hemmed in for numerous periods of time, especially in that building. It's a tough place yeah. to play once yeah. they get going. So I think uh, I think it'll really be, not so much our trap game, but just our overall smarts and if we're willing to, you know, make the simple play.
1: Uh, uh, your coach, he's been a lot of playoffs. He's been, I think he's been in the Every year, I think. four years in a row. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's really, he knows what he takes. Do you feel a difference in him now going into these games? Is he like have a, a playoff mode in him now? He's, or is he?
0: uh, he never really changes too much, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be interesting. Um, like I said, he's been quiet all year, but we have a team meeting today and just kind of discuss what's going to be happening in the next week or in this yeah. series. And it'll be interesting to see if he comes out of a show a little bit more, but yeah. I don't see it happening. I think uh, he's going to be the same old guy, and I think that's that's what this team needs. I don't think you should have to change throughout a, throughout the season or postseason. I think as long as he stays even keel and who he's been, I think that's that's a huge attribute for us.
1: He said a very interesting thing in an, in an interview in another podcast with Niklas Wikegård, a former coach who's now a TV guy. They, he was doing an interview with Rogan Lien in his podcast, and Roger said that uh, Magnus Johansson had told him that maybe he's a better playoff coach than a regular season coach, and it was described by Magnus, and, and Roger also agreed that, uh, I mean, he's kind of a laid-back person. Yeah. Uh, meaning that his maybe best thing when it comes to handle his personnel is to calm people down yeah. instead of like kicking them yeah. in, in their butt. Uh, in regular season, you need some kicking from the coach. Yeah, some nights to uh, do. Yeah, and in playoff time, you need to maybe calm people down. So his yeah. style might fit a playoff team a little better.
0: Do you do you think this is correct? Yeah, I could see that as well. I think um, you know, like you said, he's he's quiet. You know, you know. It is a long season and I'm, there's there's peaks and valleys and he's needed to step in and say stuff certain times or in between periods and when he says something, you listen because it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think you'll have to do that come come this series or come you know the rest of the playoffs, I think. If guys aren't ready or prepared, then you don't play. And that's no. just as simple as it is.
1: Uh, and he's tough that way too. I mean, if you don't really do it the way he wants it to do, I think it needs time, to right? be like that. I think yeah. uh,
0: just as long as he he's fine with mistakes, I think everybody's fine with making mistakes. It's just make them hard. Yeah. Just don't make lazy ones, and that, that's all your teammates care about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, sometimes people say it's not only about you know players coming from other countries. It might be players that you kind of know Swedish players with Swedish team that you kind of know maybe is on the move. That when the season is coming to an end, you start looking at the end. I mm-hmm. uh, mean, a championship team doesn't look at any other end than winning the championship. Yeah. Uh, you, you know what? know what, what I mean here. That it's very important that everybody is really on the same page. But you know, going into the playoffs,
0: oh, for sure, you can. You can always get guys no matter what league you are in. Guys, all right, it's the playoffs. You know, I want to do well, or I want to do this, and if not, okay, I am going to be home. Uh, so uh, I think, I think it's different over here. I think. Um, I don't know. The, the way I look at it is, there's nothing to get back to home for right now. It's only three rounds of playoffs, and you know, like I said, we got a good team. It's it's a few weeks. It's the best time of year. The weather's starting to get nice, and yeah. you know, people are excited. And I think I think guys in our team realize we do have a good group, and it doesn't come around that often. And you know, you know, why not? Why not give it your best effort and make a good push this year?
1: Yeah. Is this a vision you have sometimes, like driving to practice, like how great it would be to, to win a championship here?
0: It's hard for me to say that because I've never experienced it or seen it over no. here. And I just, it, it maybe that's a good thing too. I just don't know how special it is or, you know, what the Swedish people really think about how important, you know, winning the gold medal is. No. I, think, um, I think that can help some of us out as well, just kind of being a little aloof to it and, no. you know, no. just trying to stay even keeled and play the same way we have been all year
1: is going to be pretty crazy, especially yeah. in this building, yeah. you know, come come playoff time, it's it's really, yeah, it's different That'll it's be a great. lot of fun, yeah.
0: be, I'm excited for it actually
1: uh, it's going to be great yeah. uh, final question, yeah. uh, it's like we talked about, it's it's always different you know, regular season is one thing, playoff is one thing, you're going to get Andrea Sintini in your ear probably, or everybody yeah. in Hobie you're going to get more uh, maybe the referees will look out of way, even more when it comes yeah. to you know the raw oh, stuff sure. and all that. For sure, and you really need to step up another level. Uh, it, once again, watching the practice and watching you this season, it feels like you are really a team that are gonna step. up.
0: I think so. I think um, you know we're a pretty calm team. I think uh, you know some of our big guys they just look the other way. Whether it's Matthias or Harder, these guys, you know they they take a beating all year and they just kind of whatever. It's part of the game and. You know, you can say whatever you want, some of these guys, and it, it doesn't matter. I think um, it will be a great series. I think guys are excited to play. You know, yeah. to play HV. Um, like I said, it'll be two great buildings. I, everybody always enjoys playing down there. It's, you know, you got you got to beat every team in here if you want to win. And yeah. I think you know, it's kind of one of those things where, oh, well, would you rather play Vekwa or Orbro God, But yeah. every team is so good here that. I mean, you just got to take what matchup you're dealt and kind of kind of run with it and hope for the best.
1: How much do you think, I want to be the hero? I mean, it seems to me like, you know, the most successful players have that mindset a little bit. Like, I want to score that winning goal.
0: I think everybody wants um, to. I think it's just a matter of this time of the season, you know. You're not going to score great goals. There are going to be deflections, there are yeah. going to be tips, and you're going to take a beating to score them, and it's just kind of who's willing to do that. Um, I guess that's kind of one of the things where you know, you'll find out how it goes over the course of the series, but I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be battles to get goals for both teams, and be, it'll be fun to play.
1: You're going to beat Derek Ryan in the scoring race in the playoffs?
0: <laughs> <laughs> as long as you win the championship. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're not going to lose with
1: one point again. Yeah, though. I know. No, that's true. <laughs> and thanks a whole lot for, for being here. it, yeah, was, it was, great. was fun. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch you in the playoffs.
0: Awesome. It was fun. Thanks.